Last week, on the Lords of Grantham podcast, we talked Season 3, Episode 3 of Poldark. In that episode, Ross and the pirate Tholly went to France to find out more about the whereabouts of Dwight. Uh, they got some tips. Uh, Dwight is uh, captured. He's not doing too well. Uh, we'll see what happens to him this week. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Morwenna, the governess of Jeffrey Charles, Elizabeth's son, uh, she is getting closer to Drake Karn, who's the brother of Demelza, which doesn't seem like it'll go too well, considering uh, how their families don't like each other. But we'll see where that goes this week on the Lords of Grantham podcast. I'm going hungry. back once again season three episode four poldark how's it going Corey? happy belated birthday thanks dave thanks yeah my birthday was yesterday and i'm still here <laughs> imagine i mean ima- listeners just turn in tune in one week it's like Corey's not here <laughs> he turned 100 we never told you our ages but yeah <laughs> he's a very old man <laughs> never knew but yep Yep, it's my birthday, and I'm okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And uh, my parents, Dave, they, uh, my parents and my brother, they, they caught a new era on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And spoiler alert, they loved it. They thought it was fantastic. Okay. I think that, do you think expectations are lower watching it on a small screen? No, I, for, for them, it just felt like another TV episode. Honestly, that's what they said. Like, it just felt like, you know. They're just returning it down. And they did mention the cameras felt funky at first. Well, I mean, I think which, we agreed about that. Spoiler yeah, alert to yeah, people. Yeah, so it may be more noticeable at home. But, uh, yeah, they had, they had zero complaints. My, my my dad was a little bit shocked by the ending of uh, one of the characters, spoiler alert, passing away. And it's like, Dad, were you paying attention? Man? Did you watch the first movie? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. So... Like, I can only wonder how many people were actually surprised by that and like how much that must have just hurt. <laughs> I mean, her, can you say hurt? I don't know. She was very old. Upset. Canonically, she's very old. Like, We're not saying who. Who passed away. There's a lot of old characters oh, on yeah, the show. Uh, yeah, okay. Sorry. Imagine people are like, I'll give that down thing a shot. I just don't want anything spoiled for me. And here we are talking Poldark. Yeah. Talking about dead people. Apologies. Well... Yep. Regardless, yeah, let's get off of that. That is, I think, the big news is uh, the sponsored ads everywhere are... I'm getting ads from Leslie Nickel telling me to tune into Peacock for the Downton Abbey movie, A New Era, and the Downton Abbey channel. Yep, Jim Carter, you know, uh, he's been on, on all my feeds, you, you know. <laughs> Carson, that is. Mm-hmm. Not Jim Carter buried on the cliffside in uh, Cornwall. No, not that, not that Jim Carter. <laughs> real Jim Carter. Hashtag real Jim yeah. Carter. Is that his all social handle? <laughs> yeah. Also known as Carson from Downton. Well, we should get to it. It's, it's thirty-four, man. Three point four, season three, episode four. Ah, look at that! I didn't even realize. It's, uh, yeah, it's fate <laughs> about <in>. the age. <laughs> yeah, uh, pull dark again. We see water crashing on the cliffs to open the episode. Mm-hmm. But for as much as we were saying last week, maybe this is a show about cliffs and watching the water. 
We're back to the mine business this week, man. We are back oh, in yeah. business. Mines and mine. Oh, well, kind of. It's a it's a part of the story, but it's in there. It's, it's we we hear about Leo Wheel Leisure again a whole lot. Oh yeah. I thought we were done with it. I think. Um, if, if where this, do we want to start off? If if, the, if we say this is a show about mines and miners and cliffs, this is an episode about grains. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, because well, we open with you know the wind is rocking, the waves are crashing. It's because a boat has crashed again, mm-hmm. and you know what happens around the trend with and Truro, and uh, I think yeah, specifically trend with when, when one of those boats crashes. Well, does this people even are, crash, or it's just, they're just... well, we don't we don't see it, we hear about it, mm-hmm. but we know that there's going to be some goods abound for people to to pick pick up and and steal. I don't even doesn't think it, belong to them. I was under the impression that it's just like there, that it is just docked legally, and then it just crashed because the, the. No, I don't think it crashed at all. I think it was ambushed and robbed. Why would they have the visual indicators of a storm going on, and then them? I think referencing that they took it from one of George's vessels again. Well, I mean, we see what George. Did. Well, I think we're we're establishing. Uh, that these people don't mind stealing bread from the mouths of decadence in this point. Dave, have you not forgotten how Ross went to trial for helping to uh, steal stuff from ships? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, the way that I read it was that these people are starving and that they are so ruthless that they will just jack up a, a, a boat that's pulling into the port for the grain. They're desperate, that's for sure. I, I don't know about the whole jacking thing, um, but... Well, I mean, they get caught early enough to get like twenty people get killed. <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't think they're on some mysterious beach. I think they're somewhere very public that people see this and the cops get involved right away. And well, we we see footage of it where they're like running with corn and getting shot directly in the back as they that, run away. All that grain <laughs> wasted. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, but it was the Princess Charlotte uh, ship. Yeah, and as you said, they do say it was ambushed for corn. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, and I think that that's the tech, that's the operative word ambush. What do they mean by that? Uh, but George finds them guilty, uh, even though these people have been starving. So it does not reflect well on his character. And again, if only Ross had taken this job, maybe those people wouldn't have found uh, been found I know. guilty. That's uh, that's the one thing that really irks me about this whole subplot of Ross trying to guilt George. It's like you know, Ross, you turn this down, man. Yeah, it's on you, dude. And and now these people are going to get fifteen years transportation sentence. Yes. I don't know what the transportation sentence means exactly, but 15 years sounds like. But everyone's very upset about it, so that's no good. Yeah, and, and people even say like, or why can't George connect that withholding grain is leading to people taking it? <laughs> you you are literally causing this to happen. Well, there's that great line of a uh, George or Ross. Ross and George have another happenstance meeting, and Ross says, "How do you sleep at night, dude?" And, and George just says, why don't you ask Elizabeth? And yeah. Takes off and he's, he doesn't care. Right. So there's an exchange of Ross and uh, Zachy and the boys looking over at Wheel Leisure, you know, commenting how it's still running, uh, even if what they're trading in isn't as high value as some of the ore that they're mining. Mm-hmm. Uh, and someone was uh, died of pneumonia, and that's when George just appears on horseback out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, and he's like, yeah, it was only ever an average mine. And, and that's when he mentions like the yeah there's red copper there uh, it's not that profitable, uh, 
And he compares but, he compares Ross directly to Wheel Leisure. He says, uh, "Full of noise, but lacking in substance." Mm-hmm. And, and he's like, "By the way, you're on my land. Get off it." To which that's when Ross says, "How do you sleep?" And he's like, "Next to your girl, <laughs> boy." How's that make you feel, boy? Working <laughs> the job you turned down, mine and your mine. I he am. Rides you. off on that horse. I am you. <laughs> I own you, Ross. <laughs> Um, and so do we want to follow the storyline all the way through? No, it I don't know. This, this is good. There's, I feel like there, we can talk about the other things first. Not that there's much in this episode. Sure. Well, there is a big thing, which is just kind of happens and you forget about it by the end of the episode, but Demelza? Demelza's, yeah, she's digging in the ground and then she starts feeling some pains and she's like, Prudy, it's time. Yeah. I don't think we can get Dr. Choke. No, she said, I don't want Dr. Choke. Oh, she doesn't want him. Yeah. yeah. No one trusts that Dr. Choke in the, the Poldark uh, household. Yeah, aside from, uh, it's like brand loyalty. It's like, we're not a Pepsi family. We're a Dwight Ennis family. Even though they don't yeah. serve Dwight Ennis here right now, we'll, you know, we'll go without. Because they even mentioned, like, yeah, Dwight won't be around for a long time. I like the idea that, I mean, I get it. They're all friends and stuff like that. But there's something funny to me about Ross's best friend is the one helping to deliver a baby out of his wife, like well, reaching that's, in there. Yeah, that's, I feel like that's got to be a thing that you just deal with if you're friends with the medical <laughs> professionals. Like, you're going to see some things. But we're good, though. Yeah, we're boys. Ross we're still boys. Like, Don't look. Don't look at it, Dwight. <laughs> <laughs> Dwight's uh, flying blind when he delivers that He's baby. He's like, what from, am I supposed uh, to do, Ross? He's like, Don't let me catch you looking. <laughs> he just my wife. cocks him in the face whenever, if he even gives a glance. But so, yeah, Dwight isn't here in this occasion. And the way they handle this is just that Frost comes home uh, a few scenes later and Demelza just pulls down the sheet and then there's a baby right there. No, it's, it's weirder than that because Prudy says she wants some soup. And Ross says, mm. isn't that your job to give her some soup? And, and Prudy's like, give her the soup. And then Ross walks into the room and, and gives her the soup and he's like, aren't you happy to see me or something? And she's like, well, your daughters would be happy to see you. And then pulls the sheet down and there's yeah. a little uh what's the name Cowens? Cowens, right Cowens. yeah it was, it was an odd odd name odd choice a better Cowens, poldark guess um better than valentine though Cowens. <laughs> i'm sorry what, what is it what uh yeah Cowens poldark Reminds me of that Simpsons bit where um, Marge gets a therapist and she's like, wherever I'll go, I'll remember Lowenstein. <laughs> Lowenstein. It's like, well, what a weird, unmemorable name. Um, but she's born anyways. without a hitch, uh, apparently, to a home birth with no issues whatsoever. Uh, yeah, the baby's not even crying when, when Ross walks in. It's just not even a peep. And her, uh, the baby's brother isn't even like, Daddy, we have a sister. <laughs> it's a very unceremonious birthing. So, well, good, good for them. Happy yeah, for them. good, good overall. And they make no mention of it really the rest of the episode. I think there's like one shot of the baby or something. Well, there's the um, there's a christening is a big part of the episode. Oh, there there is there is. Why don't we talk about that? Yeah. So, uh, Ross, Demelza, the gang. Uh, so wait, Caroline is the godmother. Dwight is the godfather. Yeah. 
keeping them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're good Catholics, let's not forget. And Jeffrey Charles sneaks to the christening. That boy, man. I can't stop him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, cause, and they're also having at the church that they weren't really supposed to be operating in or going to, right? Or at least the Well, the, 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 the Karn brothers weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, Jeffrey Charles just shows up and uh, Morwenna is there. And, but before this, so Ross wants uh, Agatha to show up. That's family. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a lot of, on Agatha writes to, or, or is it Ross? No, Ross writes to her and Tom Henry, or Tom Harry, crumbles it up mm-hmm. in his hand. Right, we get the scene of Prudy delivering it and she just gives a long stare at Tom Henry. Or Tom Harry. I'm shipping those, too. Something's up. TH. I could see that happening. Yeah. Because she gives a long look at him, and then as soon as she walks away, he just crumples it up, doesn't even give it the time of day. And so Agatha never receives her invitation to the christening. Nope. Nope. And the boy gets christened either way. The boy's christened. And they're so thrilled to see uh, old Jeffrey Charles, but before... Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. There's a lot going on here with Drake and Morwenna. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to that, though, Ross does visit Aunt Agatha at yes, the home. Yes, yes, yes. And, and he, so he busts Because George in. isn't there, and neither is Elizabeth. So Yeah, so Jeffrey Charles and Morwenna go to George's family home for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And they leave Aunt Agatha. And Ross comes back. To vi- to, he basically doesn't hear from her long enough that he goes to visit her. And yeah. Demels is like, there's got to be a better way. And Ross is like, no, 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 no. I'm going. And she's covered we'll in blankets. There's no fire. Mm-hmm. Just this, freezing. This woman's being put through it. Yeah, he, he correctly assesses that George is pretty much just leaving her to die, essentially, at, at this home. He'd be fine with that. Uh and he says, "Why don't you come live with me? Uh, you know where where we are and stuff. We'll take care of you." And she's like, "No, I still like to torment George," which is great. On Agatha, I'm fire. Yeah, and you know, in some sense, it probably does bother George that she's still kicking. <laughs> oh yeah, that she's outlived Francis and uh, Francis's father. <laughs> yeah, but it is a true shame that she's just suffering like she is there. Yeah, and but Ross makes it a point to go to the servants and say, if I find out that you're doing this again, this is a pole dark house, this is a pole dark, you'll all be sacked, and I'll kill you. <laughs> and he doesn't say that I'll kill you, but you can only imagine that Ross would come back and then punch him full yeah, and close him like, in the face. Yeah, just a bunch of like 19-year-old housemaids that are doing what their boss tells them to do. This family adversary walks in, he's like, put some logs in the fire. Come on, man. Yeah. Just do the bare minimum. I was kind of surprised how easily Ross walked in here with. I get. Did Tom Harry just go off to visit George, or where was he at? I don't think Tom Harry could stand Ross. He's probably oh, saying it's not. it's Christmas. He's probably relaxing. Maybe, yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it for Aunt Agatha this this episode. She's just uh, hanging back in the cold. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What next? I think. Well, you were saying the Drake. You wanted to get so, to the Drake boy. Yeah, so Drake is pretty much taking advantage of the fact that George and Elizabeth are not keeping tabs on what's going on to Jeffrey Charles and Morwenna. 
He mm. brings a, a bucket of toads. I mean, we all have our ways of making romantic gestures. Toads, frogs, tadpoles. Yep. <laughs> and he, here he is presenting some toads to her. And Jeffrey Charles is thrilled because he said that uh, George has wiped out all the the toads in the in the pond, which is like, oh, okay, that's fine. I mean, I you never want too many toads hopping around, man. But but uh, as this happens, uh, Drake Drake and Morwenna are are heating up a little bit. She's still wearing that that wristband that he gave her of seashells. She says it's the greatest gift she's ever gotten in her whole life. I don't. I, I think she's forgetting other gifts, but I'll take her word for it right now. Oh yeah, yeah. So we see he kisses her hand. He's trying to be smooth, mm-hmm. and we see Sam is warning Drake to stay away. Like this is not. Or is Demelza, one of his siblings, is basically saying. I think it's Sam. He's like, you're going to go to hell for that, bro. You sure she's worth it? This <laughs> okay, so is you're not going to marry this girl because she's out of your class, she's out of your league, and mm. you know Drake is like God. God's got my back. I'm on the God Squad. Yeah, <laughs> it's pumping iron and stuff. So much so that at the christening, they kiss inside of the church. God's got all eyes on them. Yeah, and you are right, Dave. There's like a scene at the dinner table where Sam and Demelza exchange looks like they're concerned over this, like. This can't end well. <laughs> but Ross, you know, I mean, Ross is just not involving himself or something. Considering it's a George issue, I'm shocked that Ross is doing nothing about it. But maybe he just wants to watch it play out. Yeah. And so, somehow, George catches wind that Jeffrey Charles was at the christening. And that's when he invites, uh, they. he and Elizabeth decide to punish Morwenna in some way. Yes, but the, so this was they invite her to to Truro for Christmas. Yeah, and, and then that's that's there, when they decide to punish her, right? Well, I don't punish is the wrong word because I think Elizabeth, well, he says the word word punish like well, yeah, George, show her. George, yeah. But they're having a Christmas ball and it's poorly attended, mm-hmm. and they're curious yeah. as to why. But this uh, dope straight out of Pride and Prejudice. Named uh, mm-hmm. Whitworth is there. He's a, a, gold, a Godolphin. Yes. So uh, very much out of Pride and Prejudice. He's a, a clergyman, uh, single, mm. a little has mo- oafish. But he has some reputation because the Godolphin, that was one of the people who uh, George helped spring from getting a, a sentence last week. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was surprised that he didn't show up because he's like, man, I just helped that guy. <laughs> and he doesn't even return the favor, but we get this Whitworth who descends from them. Yes, and man, he's a wit- he's a widower sweat. too with children, I believe. He's a widower. He's and they ask him like, so when did she die? A couple weeks ago, and he's already back out there, ready to hit the market. Yeah, he's like, it's been a couple weeks. I'm just doing my thing. And he is sweating up a storm. This guy is just a hoss with some sweat beating down his face, man. Yeah. But the actor but is actually um, Christian Brassington is the guy who plays him. Ozzy. Ozzy Whitworth. I'm looking him up now. He's a handsome yeah. guy in real life. Yeah. If, if you look on IMDb, he looks like he's uh, shed some weight from whenever he was in this role. Maybe he realized he was sweating too much. I, I don't know. Maybe he sweated off. 
He maybe he got cast in Poldark, and he's like, I don't want to play that character. <laughs> yeah. So either way, he's there, and then Uncle Carrie. It's so funny how many like you know actors they have on the show showing up for a single line. Because uh, we get that with like Thali later in the episode, he's like, "I, I," and then we get Uncle Carrie here, only here to say like, "You know that Mar- Morwenna is quite attractive. She's quite eye catching." It's, it's like, like yeah, this, "Thanks, this, Uncle Carrie." Like fifty five year old or sixty year old man is like, "Oh, that seventeen year old girl who's taking care of your nephew." I like it. And then he goes off to the side of the screen and just cashes his check. I'm surprised they even leave, left it in there. Good for Uncle Carrie. Yeah, good for our boy Pip. Pip Torrance, man, just cashing them checks. So they suddenly launch into this idea that they will wed her to, to Wetworth to, so it will connect their families. Yeah, because Morwenna is one of Elizabeth's cousins. Yeah. So she's not a Poldar but, cousin. She's whatever Elizabeth's maiden name, you know, whatever her relationship yeah. is to Elizabeth. But it's so funny because... George, you know, because Jeffrey Charles mentions the christening, and then George and Elizabeth are like, Morena's got to be punished for this. And then literally Whitworth walks into the scene right as they say she needs to be punished. And that what threw me is what threw me for a loop because is their idea of punishment pairing her up with this man? If not, why are they so like, like, I mean, I guess they want to be connected to the Godolphins, but it seems so strange that they keep trying to sell it like, no, we're helping you out. When they just said they were going to punish her. That's maybe, them. Maybe I'm, That's I'm, that. I mean, I think smart. that they're <laughs> sort of... Uh, I think Elizabeth sort of sees the absurdity of it all, even though she's not helping hmm. the matters. She absolutely sees the absurdity of it all. I mean, she actively tries to convince her throughout this episode that, hey, this is a good option for you. You're just a, a, a baroness maiden, and this guy can actually you know, give you a name. Yeah, um, yeah. And Morwenna says, like, but how did you feel when you married Francis? And she says, you know, like that, there was no real love, which is maybe there was a period with no love. But right before he died, they were sort of getting back to their roots. That was pretty intense, I thought, when she asked that. Like, Morwenna's got some that, stones. I'm a big fan of Morwenna. She's okay. Uh, well, in this sequence, I, anyway. Yeah, because Elizabeth, I, I was actually kind of proud that elizabeth didn't lie because it's true she thought she loved him at first but you know francis was not that she leaves out a little bit that things changed towards the end that he you know became a better man but but when she when she says her marriage with with george is better and more functional i just want to i want to find her a good therapist but you know and but the 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 result of the scene is that yeah, Mar- Marwana is just like I don't want to marry this guy. There's no, there's nothing there. I see nothing in this guy. <laughs> well, keep in mind, uh, this guy has also. There's a whole sequence of a bargain being made between yeah. George, George, and Whitworth, Whitworth about this whole thing where you know George wants this much, Whitworth wants this much. And a dowry yeah, for for marrying her. And it, it's so, so so, and then George does all this work, and then tells Elizabeth, "You're going to have to break the news." Right, because Whitworth is asking for six thousand. George is like two thousand, and then they keep haggling. And then the and it's funny because George really does seem frustrated that this, this guy won't settle for two thousand. It, it did make me laugh after the scene. George is like, 
you know, like the network got settled for three thousand. <laughs> like it actually the did was seem like George to go was higher, but this guy was you know, it didn't take much more than twenty minutes of sitting in a room saying no. George can be smooth, uh, but yeah, now it's just like a done deal. They just got to get together. Mm-hmm. But so as much as Elizabeth is con- convincing Morona to do it, she doesn't believe in it. We and we see like afterwards, she's pretty upset about having to to do this, and she's pouring some some booze in her for in her wine she's no, that's her, those are her drugs that i said yeah, last she's, week she's, she's dosing she's it's 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 getting more and she's more she's leaning she she's you do- drink enough of that scissor pill get you leaning oh yeah she's leaning she's crossfading she's, for sure oh 100 percent uh and george notices but he doesn't say anything no no which is strange. I feel like you'd want to nip that in the bud as soon as you see it, especially someone of your respecter, respectable stature with the, you know, the mother of your child. You should probably be like, whoa, what, what is going on there? <laughs> not, not just let that slide, but, you know, drama. Correct. So, yeah, George, George, is, George I think, kind of likes the sort of power he yields over Elizabeth. And, and I, I'm not sure if he's in on it, but I think the fact that she is using this medication to sort of keep herself where he likes her might be to his liking overall. I guess. I don't think she sees it as an addiction yet. I think he might be concerned though, but we're not all the way there Mm -hmm. yet. We're getting there. Getting there for sure. Uh, But yeah, they're committed to to seeing this through and they, they they arranged like another play date with Whitworth and, Morena, because you know they, they tell her like just give it time. He's 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 interested in you. How can you turn that down? She's like I don't. I barely even talk to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they spend some more time talking. And Whitworth is just like I think this is God. You know, pushing us together. This is this is meant to be. Nope, she is not having that. Like, I'm getting out of here. I don't want anything to do with this. But he's a fan. He he tries to play it off like he appreciates her taking her time mm-hmm. and being meticulous with her, um, you know, choices. Yeah, the guy is just full of himself. Like, he, he just thinks like, oh, it's, you know, I'll win her over. Don't worry about it. Uh, and when he tries to kiss her hand, she's like, nope, and gets out of there. She no, literally runs out of the room. It. I mean, as you should be. The guy's sweating up a storm. He's about to put a whole bunch of droplets on your hand. Ew. Um. And he's he's but yeah he's unfazed. She'll come around. Let's proceed with the arrangements. He says this guy is just interested in getting the dowry. I think more than anything, he wants that money. Well, I think he sees the writing on the wall. He's he's not quite as astute as George, but he knows that he's a widower. He's older. He doesn't have much to offer the world. I don't and this think is, this guy knows that much. You're giving him a lot of credit here, Dave. I, I don't I, think so. I think he knows this is his meal ticket. This is it. This is his uh, a connection. He to settles society. for three thousand pa- uh, guineas, man. And. Proximity to the Warligan name. He doesn't want the Warligan name. He's got the the Dolgrib, whatever the Dolgris, the Dol- whatever it is. He's already got a better name than the Warligans, man. Regardless, I think that he's his he's playing the game. A, I think he's playing the game a little more than you're giving him credit for. A little more, five percent more. I think he just knows that there's a dowry in it, and he wants the money. He, you know, a, he may be a good dolphin, but he doesn't have all the money. He's an ugly adult who's getting like a very good-looking young adult. Well, sure. Big, that, I mean, big that's a W bonus. for him as far as arranged marriages are concerned. 
And we get one more throwaway scene with him later in the episode where he's uh, trying on clothes and they're really trying to fit him in tight into what he's wearing. Oh, and then he, he basically says, like, I'm a fashionista. Like, I love fashion. Great. But he's, but he's also a I, priest. Like, I don't know. The two don't go hand in hand. The guy is supposed to be comic relief. I don't see the comic relief yet. The guy just kind of makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> He's he's straight out of Pride and Prejudice. Like that's all he is right now. Yeah. So, anyways, that's that's going on, and it looks like he'll be sticking around for a while. As soon as they started the wheels moving on the storyline, I was like, I don't like the direction of this. I don't like this Whitworth guy. Yeah, I mean, I feel I like, like that's kind of the point. Right, and and so Morwenna, they they send her back to to Trenwith because. This this is kind of their way of punishing her. George says like, she, you know, because she she pretends to cry, and they, and they play it. It's funny. The show plays it really dramatically, where Elizabeth's like, "We're sending you back," and it's like, man, she's really upset. But then we see that she's actually smiling to herself because she wants to go back. Jo- George is mistaken in thinking, oh, you know, she misses this, you know, world of money and stuff. But no, she actually just wants to be closer to Drake Karn, this poor man who makes shells into bracelets. Right, delivers toads, and we see them uh, running slowly at each other uh, on the beach at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, and we see Jeffrey Charles is like, Drake! Do we see that? I don't think Jeffrey Charles is there. Oh, think, is he oh like, no, he's, he's getting he's getting swept up into the, the current, and he's getting actually pulled uh, out the sea, and that's yes, why he's yes, shouting yes, Drake. Yes. But they just let him drown. Uh, no, that, that doesn't George happen. would love that if that happened, too, so. <laughs> yeah. I think briefly we should touch on uh, old Dr. Dwight in the French prison. Oh, <laughs> that man has seen some better times. This is a very uh, Downton Abbey season three subplot of, you know, he spends the whole episode. Uh, we could t- say it in one sentence. He spends the whole episode trying to heal a guy just for some French soldiers to shoot the guy and kill him at the end of the episode. And then he starts crying to himself. Yep, because he's got this... Uh, this young man is trying to sort of sidle up to him and and learn from him. Yeah. And what is this guy's name? I thought I wrote it down. No, he's just like a helper. <laughs> he's like I, I, I want to support Armitage too. is the guy's name. I think he's um okay. He's a known entity. Or his family is a known entity so far. Maybe maybe. Yeah. Uh, either way though, pretty much he's just still suffering, still crying. He kind of looks like our friend Justin. Uh, when after a Dr. long Dwight? night of drinking. Yeah, didn't we yeah, say that with last the beard week? and stuff? He does, but it's our friend like, Justin's birthday today too. So, shout out to our friend. He's not he's not a friend of the podcast. He hasn't been on the pod, but a friend in real life. Listen, Justin. but listener of the podcast, uh, the Downtoner. He probably doesn't listen to Poldark, but if he's listening, Justin, happy but, birthday! But something about seeing Dwight cry in this episode with the beard. It's like that looks like Justin after a long night. And and that so that lands with zero percent of our audience, with the two of us. <laughs> yeah, trust exactly. us. We got Just a friend. A we got a friend who's like a French. <laughs> Uh, prisoner, <laughs> you you know we we uh, that's who we roll with. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Caroline, she got news though that maybe she can potentially barter for his release. Though mm-hmm. she's going to yeah, go the, travel. All the, the officers next might be getting released very soon. Yeah, so she can negotiate potentially. But we see that George is is doing so much good as far as healing these prisoners. Granted, the one gets shot, but. Dwight is healing the prisoners. Yeah, yeah. Dwight, not George, not George. Uh, George ain't doing anything. Uh, I'm under the impression that if they sprung Dwight out, he might be a little bit upset that some of these people might die, knowing how self-righteous he is. 
I mean, at this rate, everyone may just get shot in front of Dwight, and so he has no one to protect anymore. He's just bawling his eyes out over dead people around him. Who knows? I think we'll be getting closer to like him suffering from PTSD by the time he comes back and then having to rehab him back out of that. Hopefully. I mean, I hopefully he gets back. I mean, I, know, I have a feeling he will. I hope he doesn't have PTSD, though, but it's looking like it may go that way. Well, I mean, I'm sure he'll have PTSD because he's a an empathetic human who's seen a lot of death around him. Yeah. But let's get to the real beef of this episode, or the grain of this episode. Mm-hmm. We I see- do like when it gets into the economics of the, of the of this whole area here, <laughs> of how things are run. Mm-hmm. So it's a different kind of flavor. So we see that, and this is a thing that has been established prior when Ross was offered the position of a magistrate, was that magistrates help establish the prices of goods and services and stuff in the community. Mm-hmm. So we see that there's a no a terrible harvest, so there's no crops. All these people are poor. So, and George is buying all the grain and then selling it for way too much money for his citizens to afford, which is what kicks off this ambush in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And from there, we see that Ross and the Karn brothers and Demelza and Caroline hatch a little plan. They're going to go around and collect some money. Uh-huh. And they have some other distributor through which they can purchase the grains, right? Well, I mean, the, the problem with this subplot is you know what it is. Mm-hmm. As this subplot goes on, you know exactly what they're doing, but they try to play it up for surprise in a way that I think is unnecessary. So it wasn't clear to me, but are they buying the grain of that of George sells or no? I, I don't. I thought I'm, it was from a I'm different not sure distributor. Exactly they, what grain they're buying, but they're buying grain. You well, know, it's like corn and stuff. But you know, they're buying grain to then sell it at a cheaper price and use George's donation money to try to make him look like a fool, which is what they do. Yeah, and we see that Sam. They go th- Sam is very much not in on this sort of act of spite. Yeah, but they do actually want to help the people too. It's because oh, it's Christmas time and stuff. But so, do they purchase from the Warlogans, or because they have the whole thing of them going to the beach to buy these stuff, right, or to pick up the, these goods? We do see that Ross does talk about his sort of old connections. So I'm not sure if they go mm-hmm. direct to the Warlogan source. But either way, yeah, they're uh, they buy up this grain and. George finds out that the ship has basically been bought out. And and yep. people are seen transporting this grain to this location, which is Sam and Drake's church. Mm-hmm. And in that, George sends the cops and basically says, I'm going to go gloat in this victory because Ross has a history of stealing from my ships. Right. He's done it before. Because Tom Harry tells him they're, they're doing this. He spotted them. Tom Henry, rather. No, Tom Harry, you are right. Is it Tom Harry? No, Tom Harry. it's Tom Henry. I'm on IMDb right now. It's Tom Harry. Okay. We went to school with a guy named Tim Harry, right? John Harry. And John Tim Harry. Harrington. This is the episode is just turning into us talking about our old friends. People we know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tom Tom Harry. Uh, yeah, they're, jack, they're jacking from the ship. So... Yeah, George is going to, you know, 
go catch him. So he rides on the horse, rides alongside him, and then rolls up, and they're literally at the home. The church. Uh, some abandoned, yeah, church that used to be. Yeah. Well, no, they're at the 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 storehouse that Sam and Drake are using as their church. Right. And yeah. the cops are leaving. They're basically saying, like, sorry, we interrupted. And then Caroline says, oh, look who it is. You came to see what your donation went to, which is a mm. big, big move for Caroline to do, planting her flag on Team Ross. Yeah. And Ross gets to spin it around to George's face and say, this is, uh, this is Poldark land, my friend. Yeah, what are you doing here? Get off it. So, look, if you're he's like, I don't see any reason why you would be here aside from saying you're welcome to all these people that are buying the grain and living. And I, I have it in my notes here because we forgot there's a scene where Ross goes to Trencrum to help out with getting the, the supplies. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's not directly through the Warligans. Yes. Well, no, I think Trencrum is one of the people that he gets money from, donations from. Yeah, but he, he talks about like how they can arrange it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The cost would be prohibitive. The Trenc- Trencrum is uh, not thrilled about it, too. He's like, dude, you got to stop this. You're flying too close to yeah. the sun, Ross. Just getting petty, yeah. So George is made to look like a fool. <laughs> he rides out of there. He's not ever going to give them guineas again. <laughs> nope, doesn't want to help the, the less fortunate. I was kind of surprised that he was even like so willing to help or donate to Caroline, or you still f- so friendly to Caroline. Cons- I mean, I guess she has a reputable name, but at the same time, she's always hanging around the pole darks anymore. More like when is he going to connect the dots? Like, oh, she's not playing on my side <laughs> of things. I don't think he cares because who who she is. She's a Penvenant. Yeah, he knows that that's the so. This is like a Gilded Age sort of thing. Like he has to respect her social standing. I guess so. Yeah. But anyways, though, people got to eat, which is good. But George has one card up his sleeve, though. Mm-hmm. He's got the wheel at leisure. And you know what he's going to do? He's going to close it down. Yep. And it's not like he's going to take a loss because it's barely profitable to begin with. So it it's, means nothing to him to close it. And that means 70 families, as they mentioned about a dozen times in the, in the last five minutes of this episode, 70 families are without We're talking work. pure economics. Yeah. Which, man, that's tough breaks. Right, at, right around Christmas time to let all those people go. But George doesn't care anymore. He doesn't care what people think of him. He's just a jerk. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But we see that Ross hatches up a plan with Zaki and the boys that they have a feeling that there's some more in uh, Wheel Grace. Right. There's different locations they haven't explored yet that maybe they can pull away 30 of these men that just got laid off to help excavate that. You know, and, and again, they say, Ross, you sure about this? It, you know, it's questionable he may lose money and i feel like every time ross has a plan there's like an extended scene of people being like ross are you sure you want to do this and ross is like i'm sure i'm positive man and then he punches someone in the face <laughs> but not this week. uh not this week so it, i thought it was actually a pretty clever plan i was i was, I was actually kind of like oh this is great we, we can expand operations here for the for this mine potentially and have some more income sure i mean i i felt like this would have been a really nice 
beginning to the next episode. Like we didn't need, I think the capper of a sort of sour taste from mm. George's actions would lead to some really sort of fun regaining the power in episode five. But, you know, I'm sure yeah. we'll see something in episode five that makes us go, oh, okay, that's why they did that. Yep. But uh, that is more or less, I think, the episode for the most part. Indeed it is. We I think we touched on everything. Uh, I, a couple parting notes. Uh, Elizabeth does appeal to George saying, Morwenna is not enamored. Or, or Elizabeth's like, I'm not even enamored with this Whitworth guy. And George calls him a reptile and a prig. <laughs> he even knows he, he's trash, but he's a member of that family. So... And I said, Morwenna can be sacrificed. Yeah, man. And then also there's a scene with the carriage in the mud when they're coming back to uh, the the Morligan slash Poldark home. Yeah, yeah trying with. And it's stuck in mud. And then Sam takes his, he, t- he takes the push into the, the cart. Meanwhile, George, Drake, Drake is just making eyes with Morwenna the whole time. And it's like, bro, help your brother out pushing yeah, this cart. It, it's a better <laughs> look to push the cart than it is to just stare at the girl you have a crush on. Yeah, I kind of feel for Sam this episode. He's just taking all the tough breaks. Yeah, and the whole time he's like, hey, stop doing this in my church. Stop making this some petty issue between two people. Although I like that Demel's at one point is kind of just like, lay off it, dude. Like, just, just stop. You be cool, Sam. But, You're all right. Yeah. So that is the episode of 3.4. Was it a good episode, Dave? Oh, absolutely. This episode is fantastic. I loved it. What did you love about it? So I love the plan coming together. I like George being made to look like a fool. That was good stuff. It was good stuff. I did like, the, yeah, I, I did like all that. I, the only thing is I don't like this Whitworth guy. I don't enjoy this present so far. I'm sure. I'm sure he's not going to get his way. Uh, that's true. We'll, we'll see. We'll see uh, about that. But yeah, man, this season's rocking. This is a good oh, season yeah. so far. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially when a baby is not even like being born, isn't even like the A, B or C plot of this episode. Oh, it's like a, a asterisk. It's like, oh, this thing happened to forward another plot. It's almost like that happened in the books and they have to include it because that was a thing that happened in the books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here we are. Well, we got power rankings. Oh, we do. So why don't we get to them? Okay. Well, Dave, you sound eager to get to it. Who's going down for you? Well, number three going down, I got Morwenna. Okay. Because things are not looking great for her with this man. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's good that she gets to see her boy, Drake. But this is not over. This arranged marriage is not over. I think that uh, she's in for a... Long ride. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if that comes to fruition. But for me, I got Whitworth going down at number three. Uh, okay. He, the, the dude gets played for a fool in terms of his dowry that he asked for. And no one likes him. He's a sweaty mess. And he's no closer to locking down Morwenna. So by no fault of his own is he falling anywhere. Uh, so down. Sure. He's just going down for number three for me, man. <laughs> Well, what's number two for you? Well, number two, I got the the citizens affected by George's politics. So the people that the guy who dies of pneumonia, the people who lose their jobs, mm. the sort of citizens of Cornwall who are affected by this, the they can't eat, they can't afford to eat. 
Yeah. And, and on, on that similar point, uh, you know how we always say, you know, death brings you to like the lowest of the rankings. Well, we got one close to that. Wheel of Leisure, number two, man. Shut wow. down. Okay. Rest easy. <laughs> R.I.P. Wheel. Yeah. We never found the actual like ore that we hoped we'd find in you, but you know. I'm glad that George was the one who, uh, well, it's not actually like empty. It's just, uh, yeah. George is closing it. I have a feeling Wheel Ledger is not done in the story. Yeah. We'll hear from it again. Well, number one, I got to have George. Really? Yeah. He gets played for a fool by Ross, and then he thinks he gets the upper hand by closing down Wheel Ledger, but then. Ross is like, I'm, I'll just hire those people that you put out. That's my family. You know, all you do is talk trash. This, You think you got the best of me this week. You don't. It's like a wrestling thing where they let people go from WWE. They go over the AEW, <laughs> and they think they'll have it better. That's what Ross no, is doing. This is definitely 50-50 booking with Ross and George, where one week George gets the upper hand, one week Ross gets the upper hand. Yeah, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Well, for me, number one, it's the man who watched the man get shot in the face, <laughs> Dwight. I mean, it doesn't get much worse for a man right now. He's crying. He's broken. Sure. But his wife's so, alive, you it, know. He's a godfather. Yeah. For me with George, he's not going up for me this week, but he did at least demonstrate, like, he's he can flex some power. I mean, he literally sent all these people, as you said, at number two to death or to jail or, or uh, out of a job. Like he still flexes on people. So. I, I, I do think that that's a good thing that he did, but considering how he ended season two with an angry mob at his door, trying to kill him. Yeah. I think he's go so far. talking about flying too close to the sun. He is sure. You know, he's feeling the rays every week. He gets closer and closer. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. So who do you got going up? Well, I got the 30 former employees of Wheel Leisure at number three. They got a job. They got a job. Good for them. The other 40. So holidays. Sorry. Sorry, he didn't make the rankings. Buy the, the grain's cheap. <laughs> yeah, man. So good for them. How about you, Dave? Who's going up at number three? I got Jeffrey Charles at number three. This boy is stirring the pot. What What do you... Okay. Yeah, I guess he was at the christening. He does... And I don't think... I think he's still young enough to not... Like he's definitely not connecting the romantic relationship between Drake and Morwenna. And he's absolutely mm-hmm. not connecting the fact that his actions are having a negative effect on Morwenna's personal life. Yeah. So this boy is prodding his uncle all day, every day, and he gets a bucket of toads. Life is good when you're Jeffrey Charles. That, that's, that, yeah. And he doesn't okay, seem to, to blink an eye at the fact that his dying great aunt is, uh, living in a cold house when he's not around like he's at this blissful age where all you can do is just be a little punk yeah also i mean how cold does it get the beach considering you know it's snowing this time of year it's freezing at the house and then we see drake and morwenna just without much of a coat or anything at the beach like what is going on i was curious about the temperature we should look that up they they gotta be freezing They, they gotta be can't be all, yeah, I don't know. Anyways, well, number two, I got Caroline and Demelza. I really enjoyed their interactions this episode, going around, you know, getting trying to get some money to help put the scheme together. They're really effective at it. They, they charmed uh, George, and uh, yeah, man, they got enough money to actually see it through. All right, that makes sense. Well, controversial, I got Whitworth at number two. Okay. This guy's a 
Dalt. He's a loser. But he's he leaves dud. this episode lined up to marry a connected family. He went from not, you know, he went from being a mourning widower to having this very a- pretty young lady who is about to make his problems go away. This guy did not look like he was mourning for a second. He looked like he walked in with like sexy boy playing behind him. Like he's just feeling himself from the moment he shows up. I I don't b- b- believe that for a second, man. Well, that's for you to to have him on the bot. That's why we disagree. The dude thinks he's a sexy boy. He ain't. Doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. George ain't is like boy. George is like I think you are exactly what I want you to be. <laughs> yeah, George doesn't think he's sexy either, but. He's a reptile. Um, anyways, so imagine that. George calls uh, this Whitworth guy a reptile. Meanwhile, Morena is charmed by these toads that Drake brings to her. Those Maybe are she's got a thing for reptiles. Yeah, give it give it some time. She, she's a, oh, I'm, he, a, I'm an amphibian girl. Yeah, she's amphibian. I was confusing amphibians and reptiles. Forgive me. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> going, they're both green. Uh, but both going up, number one is Ross. I got Ross tied with Demelza because... Okay. Demelza had a baby come out of her. That's on her own. It seemed like she just willed it's it out of Prudy. her. Prudy, we should give Prudy some credit for that. No mess or anything. They already changed the sheets and stuff. It seems like. Oh yeah, just done. Nothing. Just a pro, pumping them out, and and then, yeah. I mean, Ross gets one over on George real good here. Where he's like, "Get off my land. Get off my property." It seems like there's always like a tit for tat with these two, where like. George just had to say the thing, get off my land, and Ross is like, ah, boy, this is sitting in my craw. Yeah. I got to do something about this. Yep. But, you know, and also I just like the idea that Ross is expanding operations to the mines, man. Get that money. Yeah, maybe he'll mine his way into Wheel Leisure. It's not entirely impossible, man. We'll see. Not at all. Yeah, that's right. But uh, I think that wraps up this week of Poldark for us. That does. That's it. Yeah. Dave, you been watching anything else out there? I've been kind of reveling in the fact that I feel like for a while I was overwhelmed with the new TV that I was trying to mm-hmm. keep caught up with. Now I'm kind of calmed down. And I watched like four of the episodes of The Boys. Oh, okay. And it is uh, gross, disgusting. <laughs> As always. But also uh, I watched the... F- Five of the six episodes of the American version of Love on the Spectrum. Oh, how is that? I haven't it's, checked it out yet. It's a different beast altogether. It's phenomenal. Really? Oh, it's phenomenal? It's it, great. It, so it's better? Okay. I wouldn't say better, but there's more high-functioning people. So Got it. So there's more potential maybe for actual like relationships and stuff? Yes. There's, I mean, as someone who okay. works in um, special education, it, it, it hits particularly hard for – not hard – heartwarming and sweet and well-intended yeah same creator the australian guy oh great um i'm kind of like at that last episode where i don't want to finish it it's like i'm enjoying it that much so highly recommend what are you watching Corey? okay i'll get to that show um what i finished watching the korean drama 2521 which i these shows take me two months to watch because every episode is well over an hour. Mm-hmm. I mean, people people talk about Stranger Things being long. That these episodes are all long, sixteen episodes. And man, these shows when you know they're called K dramas, but every ending is such a gut punch. It's like, why did I spend so much time on this? It really just left me wrecked. 
like emotionally this show this show about two fencers in high school who grow up and, and it really follows them as into their early adulthood it's it's a really really good show and they just d- dropped the english dub yesterday in america for it okay but, um, for people out there interested in, in good dramas but yeah I spent Sunday night and I watched the last two episodes back to back, and that was literally three hours of TV. Uh, that so. was me with the boys the other day. I was like, "All right, fifty-eight minutes, Dude, I can watch one." And then you watch two. It's like, wait, that was ninety minutes of my night. And this season, and the boys, not to keep talking about, it, they really keep throwing twists in there. Like it really keeps like up in the ante. I think I just watched episode four or five, so it's like they they hit a big one. So oh, okay, you got to watch this week, though, because it gets even bigger, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like. I got a little more time, you know, calm down, yeah. Barry's off, all my other shows are done, so, like, it's yeah. relaxing. Well, not relaxing, because yep. the boys is not relaxing, but... No, no, it's stressful, but... Anyways, that's where we are. Otherwise, we'll get you a Patreon episode soon, listeners. We just got Promise. some... We got one more um, fan power rankings from the new era. That's coming out. Okay. We're going to talk about that Downton Cooking show. Yep. We got a lot to work with. It's a matter of scheduling. There. Holiday weekend, we're working on it. Yeah, we got we got some life to live. But the Lord's Grand is you know still as active as ever. You know, we make it like we're we're falling behind. That's one piece we're still of the talking about down all the time. Yeah, we talk about down all the time. We talk about pole dark all the time. We talk about this podcast all the time. So, you know, d- yeah. don't fear that one month we have a little stumble. No big deal. We make up for it. Yep. Otherwise, you know where to find us: Instagram, Gmail. Uh, Lord, yeah, Lord's Grantham at gmail.com, yep. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Patreon. Uh, find all our old episodes on Podbean. Leave us five star ratings and review if you so choose on iTunes or Spotify. And thank you for listening. That's it. That's all. Catch you next time on the pod. All right. <laughs>